UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're here to talk about the Michigan juggernaut rolling on, rolling over the Illini of Illinois by a score of... And what was that score, Andy? The beatdown? 41 8. And boy, it sure started out like it was going to be bigger. And then, uh, you know, I think it's the first time that I almost would accuse the team of idling a little bit. Um, but again, a big victory, a big homecoming victory, which is nice to see. Um, you know, Michigan is, is uh, on a tear. So, what, what were your impressions of that game, Andy? Nothing about that game disappointed me. I thought that uh, Harbaugh took his foot off the pedal for the second half. I thought that Lovey made some adjustments. I thought that both sides played fairly hard. Michigan's defense was outstanding. And they have a number of categories that are first in the nation, and there's no no wondering at it because they just look that good. They uh, They played a hell of a game. And uh, they're a good defense, and they're beginning to look very reliable. At the same time, the offense is climbing up there. And uh, according to Harbaugh, Harbaugh uh, our quarterback had his best game of the year. So things are looking up. Uh, we got we got a stumbling Michigan State coming up. Although you know that when Michigan State hears the word Michigan Wolverines, that they begin to get more intensive, more violent, and it'll be a hard-fought game, perhaps even a little bit of a dirty game, uh, even if they are out-talented severely, and it looks like they are. So... I'm really looking forward to Michigan finally blacking the eye of Michigan State. They should have had it last year. That was a 10-second disappointment there that has lasted all year and put a big chip on the Michigan shoulder. So we got the chip is on our shoulder this year, not on theirs. We haven't been disrespecting them. They've been disrespecting us all year long. And while Harbaugh and everybody else claim there's a brilliant factor, I know that there is. Those players remember that. And they try to do something about it. What do you think? Well, I will tell you the interesting thing to me was how Harbaugh talked about the measurement at the end of the game. And, you know, the, 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 the game is, is winding down. And he called it the worst call he's ever seen in his life. Now, you know that's a little bit of hyperbole. And it, it was funny because uh, Michael Spath uh, suggested that perhaps the referees were influenced by uh, the ebb and flow of the game, meaning that the game was over. And, 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 and you know, Harbaugh just snapped back. He goes, that's not in the rules. And, and it's interesting to see... Um, how intense he was about it, uh, you know, two days later. And, you know, you heard some of the some of the players, specifically Jordan Lewis, 
talk in the in the, the weekly press conference about how they just want to crush everybody. And he says, listen, that's what football is about. He goes, if you start showing mercy, you know, that's when you when when you can get bitten. And, and you know, it was funny. There were some questions in the press conference about how, coach, how do you defend uh, against Michigan State's uh, penchant for trickery? You know, t- at the end of games to uh, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And 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 Harbaugh didn't say it, but but what's unsaid was, well. You don't put yourself in that position. You get up by 28 or 35 points, and it doesn't matter what kind of trick plays they do in the last 10 seconds. And I will tell you, that's what I'm looking to, for. That's what I'm looking for to happen against Michigan State. I, you know, it's interesting because I've given a lot of credit to D'Antonio over the last, you know, five and ten years. I mean, I, I've told people. You know, Spartan fans, and I've said on this podcast that really the last five years has been the golden era of Michigan State football. Um, you know, forget ties in the in the distant past, which I always thought was really funny. That you know they always talked about their great tie with Notre Dame as being their highlight of their of their football epoch. Well, the last five years has been pretty darn good for them, but. Man, how fast they've fallen! What do you? How would you explain where they're at right now? Michigan's been there. It's a it's a building year for them. They lost a lot of folks. They haven't got a a good quarterback. Their tremendous corners are gone, and that was a real real asset to them. Their linebackers are ordinary. They got three quarterbacks and they don't know which one to use, they're in the same old situation you get into when you're not a very good team. They're a middle of the pack team in the Big Ten this year, and it's because of the loss of talent. As far as Antonio goes, he's a great coach. I really respect what he's done there. I respect some parts of his coaching. I don't respect some things he says that he hates Michigan, that he made a big point of that when he came in. I don't like that at all. I don't believe that's right. And uh, after one victory, he said, well, it was uh, uh, 60 minutes of unnecessary rushness loading. I didn't like that. So I think he's a man that deserves to get beat by Michigan a little, and even the odds up. Uh, he's been doing well. But it's going to get tougher sledding for Michigan State now with the advent of the Harbaugh regime. And I have to say I really respect the way Harbaugh is going out after things, his intensity, his attention to detail. And that being said, even after they screwed up that last play, it wasn't only Blake that made a mistake there. The kind of punt formation they had was a mistake. One side wasn't covered. They were swinging out to to make uh, that rugby punt. And he mentioned in the press conference, the latest one that you and I attended uh, this morning, he mentioned that uh, the distance that the punter is back from the line of scrimmage made a difference, too, possibly in that. So... But there, there are good things going on all over Michigan football. It's all good right now. 
and all lost could take care of it. But a lot of one loss is going to kill them. And there'll be some things left this year, even if they do let, uh, lose one, there'll be a heck of a lot better spot than they've been in the past, what is it, eight or nine years. So it's all good. It's going good. Andy, I'd go a step further than that. Michigan just isn't the story of the Big Ten. Michigan is a is a national story right now. Um, you know, I, I recently traveled, uh, you know, to Los Angeles, and the number of of you know, of course, I'm wearing my Michigan gear, and the number of people who, you know, said go blue or pulled me aside and 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 made comments about Michigan football. Every comment included something about Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, one 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 guy who was wearing 49ers gear, um, who has who unfortunately has a rather tenuous grasp on how college football works, pulled me aside and said, "You know what? Your ownership better take care of him." And I kind of you know wrinkled my nose and I'm like, "Well, I, I think he's he's traumatized by what his ownership did to, to let Harbaugh leave." Um, you know, another guy wearing Raiders gear asked me if he thought Harbaugh would like coaching in Las Vegas and how much money it would take. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because um, what's happening right now, you know, and, and we didn't talk about, you know, Ohio State stumbling against Penn State, which was, which was pretty baffling. But right now, um, what's happening in the Big Ten is really, you know, not only the biggest story in college football, but it's one of the biggest stories nationally. And it's going to be interesting because we've talked about this, how, you know, the press, you know, some corners of the press love to build up a story and then other corners will, will jump on you when you when you stumble. But right now, I mean, Michigan just looks like a machine. I mean, it's really, it's really, you know, the players are loose. Um, they have a swagger. They have a confidence. Um and I think that these players who've been through a lot, meaning that the end of the Hulk era and, you know, the beatdown at the hands of Michigan State and then the, the traumatizing end of the game last year, um, uh, these guys look look good. Definitely look good. I, uh, Lewis began the press conference after, um, after uh, Harbaugh spoke. Lewis said something that I hadn't thought about, really, and I asked him about going to Michigan State. Uh, and he said that, you know, we know exactly what to expect because some of us played there two years in a row recently. And so we know how that is. That's familiar territory for us, that kind of thing. So there, he's not going to be a bit cowed by that by those people. Also, I asked him if they taunted him, talked trash, and he laughed at that. He just laughed and said, yeah, well, I don't pay any attention, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting good, to good wonder. Comments. I'm starting to wonder, you know, there's been a theory that one of the reasons Michigan State was up was that Michigan was down, and you know, which has been pretty obvious, um, with the exception of, of Hoke's first year, Michigan football has been pretty, de- you know, has been down in the pits. 
Um, so now you have Ohio State, which is which even with their loss is still you know the dominant power in the Big Ten the last mm-hmm. over the last three or four years. And the question is with Ohio State surging and Michigan surging, can Michigan State surge as well? You know, is it possible to have two elite programs in the state? You know, it, it's it, it's hard to you know it's hard to write Michigan State off on one bad year, but man, have they fallen? It's really you know, it's really interesting to see you know how the how the House of Cards has, has kind of collapsed this year because I don't think anybody saw it. I mean. I mean, it, well, it's been, it's been like that though for for as long as I can remember. I've been following the Michigan Michigan State game since 1950, which is uh, quite a while. And except for the time that I was away in the service, I was around the Mid Michigan area and always very very tuned into that game and what's going on, and even in basketball. They they got their start because of the scandal we had in the vacuum we left. They don't rec- they recruit for aggressiveness, and some would say meanness, uh, and they're very successful at that. But they don't get the top players, all of them, uh, like Michigan appears to be doing this year, and did do last year. So uh, I don't think that. You're going to ever have a situation where you have Michigan on top and Michigan State on top at the same time. It'll be either one or the other. And as history, at least since 1950, is uh, any guide, it's going to be Michigan. Well, I think most of us would be happy to see that. See, what I always wonder about is, and again, give the give the Spartans their due. I used to tell people it really didn't matter what their recruiting classes were ranked because they found the players they needed for their system. And and Michigan always recruited nationally, and Michigan State kind of cleaned up around the edges. So what's interesting is part of me doesn't think that... Um, you know, things should change that much for Michigan State. If if they still find the players they fit their system, you know, they were never knocking down four and five star recruits the way the way Michigan and Ohio State, you know, have done and, and are starting to do. So again, I, I'm really starting to wonder if, you know, you had um, you know the Narduzzi leave and go to Pitt and start wondering how much. What we're seeing in Michigan State is a problem with the staff not being replenished. Um, so again, it'll be interesting to see how how they respond. I mean, there are all kinds of rumors swirling around that uh, that you know D'Antonio is a hot prospect as, as a coach, and that there are a lot of big programs looking for uh, you know somebody who could come in and turn around. And I'll tell you, one rumor I've heard is that uh, LSU is sniffing around. I mean, they came in and, and they took Saban away from Michigan State. So it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, how D'Antonio responds over the next year or two with recruiting. 
Um, if he is in play as as a for some of these other jobs, um, and again, it, it's you know the good news is for the first time heading up to East Lansing, um, I'm really for the first time in years, um, well since since the Lloyd Carr era, I'm really expecting um, not only a win but a big win. I mean a beatdown. Yes, yes, yes. It's back. It's, it's people are talking Michigan again, and the Michigan. I live near Lansing, as you well know, and the people around here are very, very quiet now. I'm not hearing the trash talk from them this year. I'm hearing that they're having difficulty selling tickets that they might not have a sellout because some people just don't expect them to win. Expectations at Michigan State, as far as I can read them are as low as they've been in at any point in the last six, eight, seven, or seven, eight, nine years. Well, Andy, I'll so, add to that. I've heard that Michigan State has actually freed up more tickets to the Michigan contingent. So I, I heard that rumor, and I have that on pretty good information, that that uh, a few more tickets were made available to uh, Michigan boosters, you know, Depart- athletic department to athletic department. So, um, you know, I'd be genuinely surprised if it's not a sellout. Um, you know, I mean, you know, again, I'm sure, sure. You know, there, there are plenty of Spartans who want to stop in before they get to their couch burning or they're rioting. Um, so, <laughs> so we'll see. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, it probably will be a sellout. It's not a real big stadium to show, uh, show up anyway, only 78,000, so they'll probably have that, but we'll see how many of them stay the whole game. I mean, I mean, if Andy, look, cold, at, look, look at it this way. How many Michigan fans do you think, hearing that there are going to be tickets available and knowing that, that a lot of Spartan fans are, are selling, I mean, I'm wondering if it's going to be a chance for, for Michigan fans to take over Spartan Stadium. Um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if it's only maybe it's only the people on our waiting list, you know. I mean, the people who can't get into our large stadium. So um, that's a that's a long reach because they are very excited about their team, uh, whether they're winning or not. A lot of times, but it could happen. It's happened at Michigan, uh, and they finally got to putting the foreigners up in the. The top row of one end zone and not all together down at the bottom like they used to do. So they're farther from the field and heard less. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting game. It's always an interesting game. And Michigan State will make a, make it, will be aggressive and hard hitting. And they might even try to hurt somebody. That's happened in the past. You remember when, uh, Desmond Howard, uh, had his head twisted badly in the scrum after he was tackled, and it was not called. But the TV clearly showed that somebody was was twisting his his helmet and twisting his head in that pile. Uh, Michigan hasn't been the only, or Michigan State hasn't been the only one that's had uh, a few good chased infractions. Uh, a guy. But his first name was Cecil. I can't even remember his last name right now. But he hit a. There was a Michigan Stater by the name of Rizbicki laying on the ground. All prior, Cecil Pryor was his name. 
and old Cecil just sauntered over there between plays. And before this, Harper's Vicky got up, he reached his foot back, uh, foot back, and used him for field goal practice. So there's been from time to time there's been some real hard feelings on both sides. But uh, I don't think that the, I ever hear the Michigan guys talking about dislike of the Michigan players. A lot of them come from the same high schools. They got recruited out of the same high schools in Detroit and so forth. And they're buddies with these guys off, off the field. And I heard some of the Michigan guys say that, hey, uh, we haven't heard any trash talk from them this year. They've been quiet this year. They don't talk this stuff to us. They haven't this year. But we still got to get rid of the tick of that 10-second clock and get that off our backs. They need to be paid back for that. I agree. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.